With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Coogan Cassius, IFL TV, MTK Global. Who are you saying hello to? You tracked me down. Hard work today. Brother Jimmy's. Hooker Ramirez Media fan get together. You know. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, bro. 40th. Fit for 40 didn't work out, but I'm still alive. I'm breathing. And uh, I think uh, I should say a special rest in peace to Justin Edinburgh. Absolutely. Playing Orient manager who uh, devastatingly passed away today. I know you, you know, knew him as well, and uh, so sad. Just makes you realise about life, and you should never take things for granted. You know, you never know when your time comes, and all our thoughts are with his family. 49 years old, no age. Devastating, and you know, just had an amazing year of his life. Took Orient up, uh, fit, healthy, Formula footballer. You know, it's devastating. You just, like I said, you never realise. You take so many things in life so seriously, don't you? You know. Um, and you know we, we heard he, he was taken ill on Monday I didn't really know the severity of it and uh, passed away today absolutely terrible terrible local guy to, to us yeah and uh, you know I remember watching him over White Hart Lane when I was a kid and obviously managing Leighton Orient's done an amazing job was it Billericay Town for me? don't you know everyone spoke so highly of him and his family um, you know it's just terrible news so yeah, condolences go out to the Edinburgh family, definitely. Oh no, um, How's this week been for you then? Um, up and down really. I mean, the abuse has flowed, like it does every week. So, I've had a lot of people, people have been a lot nicer to me this week, like who know me, like almost concerned about me, you know, are you okay? Like, um, the stick's been ten times what it normally is, but that don't really bother me. Sunday was like, obviously we'd done our interview. I didn't even get you, did I, on Saturday night? I don't Umar even, got you. Umar. 
1.4 million views, I'll just point that out. Um, and You'd rather have not played no, I would have rather 300,000. <laughs> 300, but Sunday was... Um, I felt okay Sunday, I'll be honest. Like I was devastated, but we put on this incredible event. And uh, Monday came... Monday come, I'll be honest with you, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck on Monday. Just as you were saying, can we find somewhere quiet? It's definitely... Yeah, uh, no, we're all right now. Yeah, we're all right. Monday, I honestly felt like I'd hit by a truck. I felt like I had the flu. I felt devastated, deflated. Tuesday, I felt even worse. And then Wednesday started sort of, <coughs> excuse me, um, just realising that, I think like even to zone people like that were like, Eddie, that was the most amazing event we've ever seen. And I have to remember, that's my, that's my job, to put on an amazing event, amazing show. But obviously we're close to Anthony and we were all devastated, like we didn't expect to lose. We knew that it was a dangerous fight. And it was only really Wednesday I started going around. Well, I went around to AJ's, I think, on Tuesday or Monday. And we just kept talking. And it's only really when you talk about it, you start realising that, OK, so that's done. Now you've got to dust yourself down and go again. You can't, you can't moan about it. You can't dwell on it. You have to stay positive. You have to know that you've got a chance to put it right. And that's what you've got to do. So... Um, you know, from AJ's perspective, he didn't really leave the house till Wednesday night. And he, you know, his friends were there, he was, he was upbeat, but I knew he wasn't sleeping. It hit him really, really hard. And I wanted it to hit him hard. You know, I wanted him to feel down with this defeat. I didn't want him just to go, oh, well, you know. And, and in the ring after, it was very much- That's how it came across, didn't it? Yeah, but he was, he was concussed. Mm. And two, he felt, he felt like he had a job to behave that way in defeat, you know? Not stomp around and moan and what say, What people are used to. Yeah, but you, you beat me fair and square. I respect you. Congratulations. And like he said in the presser, I don't condone losing. But if you do lose, take it like a man and respect your opponent. And that's what he did. Um, but I wanted him to feel the pain in the next 48, 72 hours of someone that was a competitor who lost not who lost his belts not who lost money someone that lost in his sport and when I every time I went round to his house I saw that and it it was it was sad to see it was hard to see but it was encouraging you know I didn't want to go around there and see someone that was like okay you know this happens it's sport this was someone who was like uh, I'm devastated I can't sleep thinking about the fight thinking about the fact that I lost, I shouldn't have lost, and that's what I was seeing. And that was good. So I think Wednesday night, Thursday morning, he, he went out, and, uh, you know, that was about the same time I started sort of getting a bit of mojo back. And then I started feeling a real big excitement. You know, the fact that this was the new story, the new chapter for AJ. It wasn't, when's the Wilder fight happening? When's the Fury fight happening? Who are you fighting next? It's, are you gonna be able to get your belts back in the biggest fight in boxing. And then I started getting very excited. And I started talking to him about that excitement. And I started seeing the desire from him to improve and to come back and to win this fight. 
and since that day, which was probably Thursday, I've had a real buzz about the future. I don't know if we win the rematch. I believe we do. But it's going to be a very difficult fight. But the fact that this is the first fight that we've gone into, probably since the Klitschko fight, where no one is talking about the fight after this one. Do you know what I mean? So that, you know, when we went into the Ruiz fight, and I said to AJ, he's like, so do you think I underestimated Ruiz? So I didn't, I didn't train, I didn't skip training, I didn't not try in training. I said, yeah, but when everyone's going to you, oh, you're going to smash this guy. And when you fight in Wilder, it's so easy to underestimate, underestimate someone subconsciously. So I said, this time, this is the first fight you've been in in a long time where no one's going, Wilder Fury, because this is the biggest fight in boxing. So there's no Wilder Fury. Wilder Fury's small significance compared to this fight. And if you lose this fight, by the way, those fights are not even worth discussing. And I think that's given him a little bit of sort of closure that I can just focus on what I'm doing. And uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling good, I'm excited. People still criticize, moan, and you know, that's what people do. But we know as a team what we're doing now, which is we have to win this rematch, and I can't wait. Ed, look, let's, let's talk about the actual night. I know you've kind of spoken this week to, to other people about everything that's been kind of pointed out around what could have been potentially wrong. And I know you told me that you'd spoken to kind of AJ away from everything and asked him, well, you, was you anything do, you wrong? You do that because of the rumours. Yeah. Like, I, I don't spend every day of my life in camp with AJ. We speak nearly every day, right? So, it's almost like I knew he had a good camp. I speak to AJ, Rob, the team. If something goes wrong on one day, I know about it. But when you hear so many rumours, you start to question yourself and go, and, and I'll be honest, I saw the video footage of him getting a massage on the neck. And obviously when someone massages your neck, you do, you know, you, you do that. And I'm like, I said to him, how did you feel at this point? And he's like, one, like, I almost wanted him to say, I didn't feel great. But he said, 100% normal. The panic attack's the most ridiculous thing ever. Let me tell you how the panic attack rumour started. John Fury, who doesn't obviously have a Twitter account, has a parody account. And he tweeted saying that AJ had a, a panic attack and that's why his dad was angry with me. A, a boxing media website reported that. And the next thing, like with all due respect, anyone that knows boxing knows that the New York State Athletic Commission have a official with you. Like, they don't leave your side. If you have a panic attack, if you have any problem, doctors get called to the changing room. You wouldn't even be able to leave the changing rooms. There was zero panic, zero panic. In fact, that was the problem. There wasn't enough panic in the changing room. He was relaxed. The only drama of the whole, since his arrival to the arena, was him warming up and his guard Go coming up his stomach. And he said, can I change my guard? They said, you've got to walk now. So that, was, that was the delay. Yeah, it was like a minute and a half delay. Which whatever. you explained in the post-fight yes, press yes. conference. And, uh, you know, rumours of him. Then, then, like, oh, uh, a journalist messaged me the next day. We heard he got knocked out by Ajit Kiyabo. He said, Ajit Kiyabo wasn't in the camp. Oh, who else did he spar with? I said, he sparred with Joey Dueco. Oh, Joey Dueco knocked There's him out. strong rumours yeah, yeah, about but, Joey Dueco. But, you know, then, I spoke, I'm not in camp. I speak to Asia, I speak to Rob, I speak to all the people. No, not at all. They had two spars, not at all. So, so where did the Joey the, the Waco um, rumours come from? 
How many times has AJ had a fight where the rumours are he's been dropped in camp? Everyone's dropped him. Every fight. Mm. Every fight. Acoli, Dubois. Exactly. Joyce, everyone. And actually, the only one that when you speak to AJ, he talks about is David Price. Dropped me in sparring. And he, he's not the kind of guy that would sort of deny it or hide from it. Was he even dropped in sparring? No. no. I mean, again, I wasn't there. I speak to 12 people that were there. Absolutely not is the response. The black eye? It wasn't a black eye. It was from a, com, um, a compression machine. You know that you pressing your things that went on his face and it, it took yeah, the sorry. skin. Yeah, you no. don't you don't get Yeah. There you go my man. No problem. Sorted, alright? No worries, no worries. Thank you very much. So, um, well, a lot of people say that. Thank you, I appreciate that. Well, this is another thing. I'm getting on a bit now. But He's a married man as well. London. I know you got all the girls. Take it easy, yeah? Even though you're married. Oh, exactly, you saw that. Um, so, yeah, but that was, that was a, it. Like, people think, if you, if, did you see the injury? It was where he'd had skin taken off his face. You don't get that from getting chinned and knocked down. So every, it was crazy, all the reports, and obviously it was only them which would come on in a minute about his dad, where it's like, that's why. You know, he was he was uh, concussed the week of the fire. Like, by the way, you think he sparred the week of the fire? I mean, he was in New York from Saturday, he wasn't sparring. And by the way, even if he did get hurt, which he didn't, it's not like, do, do you not think that fighters spar and don't get hurt in sparring so yeah it was uh, it was really the panic attack stuff so that when I heard that I was like what the fuck and then when I heard about sparring I'd sit down with AJ and say did you did you get hurt in sparring no do you know where that rumour it was the Joey Zareko one that really kind of no it started as Ajit Kiyabal right I got messages from five or six journalists saying Ajit Kiyabal knocked him out in sparring alright and I said look just let you know Ajit Kiyabal wasn't even in camp so they said, well, who is he sparring with? And I said, Joey Dueco. Oh, well, Joey Dueco knocked him out. I said, well, where'd you get that from? Well, everyone, everyone's talking about it. Like, this is, like you say, every single fight, before the Povetkin fight, was the same thing. So-and-so knocked him out. So-and-so knocked him out. So, but, um, you know, it's all irrelevant anyway. He was, all I can tell you is, he was 100, and I wish I could stand here now and tell you that he wasn't right. He wasn't confident. He had a shit camp. Uh, he was panicking. He was nervous, but he wasn't. He just felt like he was gonna make this really, really easy. And that's probably the problem. He thought he was gonna go in, move around, walk him onto the right hand left hook, and then finish him. And all of those things happened, but when he had him, he just got reckless and he got caught with a shot he never recovered from. Why am I feeling like this? Have you asked him about that? Yeah, because he was concussed. He said that he was completely concussed. That was the at the round. end of the, the last. No, I think it was the, the last. Sixth round. Sixth round, yeah. Why am I feeling like this? Because I'm completely concussed. So, like, how you doing? All right, How's that? How you, bro? Right. Uh, why am I feeling like this? Yeah, why am I feeling like I can't feel my legs? Why am I feeling like I'm concussed? What, what, what do you think? Why am I feeling that I'm panicking? Like, you know, surely you know, like, 
Listen, oh, no, but what do no, you think? If we right? knocked him out in the seventh, no one would be asking any of these questions, right? Who knocked him out? No, I'm saying if Joshua had won the fight in the seventh no round, no one would have no analysed no, anything. No, no, you're yeah, right, hundred percent. But, but, but when do you, you put, think, you yeah. know AJ, right? Yeah. Do you think that backstage at MSG he had a panic attack? No, no, I don't think he had a panic attack. Not at all. He performed badly. He thought he was going to win the fight easy. He thought he was going to box on the back foot, walk him onto the right hand, and end him. And he did all those things. But when he had him hurt, he just decided to to come in reckless, got caught by a shot on the ear, and never ever recovered. That's it. You would have watched the fight back. Did some of the questions to Rob McCracken in the corner, did that seem all standard to you, from Joshua to McCracken? What, what am I... What, why am I feeling like this? No, but there was some... Yeah, he said, what do you think he's going to do in this round? All those yeah, kind of because, things were normal. Because he looks to Rob for, like, advice about what he's going to do. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not involved in the training side. All I can do is speak to the team and say, how did you feel? AJ, how did you feel in it? I felt, like, he's done the interviews. Do you know what I mean? I felt like, fine. Absolutely fine. I just thought it was going to be really easy. And I was going to do this and I was going to knock him out and everyone was going to say what a great performance. But honestly, like, I really, I wish people would give Ruiz more credit because they're trying to search for excuses for AJ. If there was an excuse, by the way, AJ wouldn't give you one, I would. I would give you one like that. But I haven't got one. You know, I wish that, was he nervous? No. Was it the new environment which we talked about? But maybe, maybe, like maybe that didn't help him. But he turned up to New York. You, you've done interviews with him. He was absolutely buzzing. And he thought, and I think the only thing that's happened is that subconsciously he's underestimated him. You know? Oh, Wilder, yeah, when you fight Wilder, you're obviously going to deal with Ruiz. No one said to him that Ruiz was a threat. So he went in there like it was going to be easy. And he came across a very determined individual in Andy Ruiz, and he came unstuck. Right, Put some respect on his name. I agree. Right. What 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 more can you tell us about this uh, Joshua's dad situation? Because we saw Joshua saying to his dad, "You know, it's me, it's me, or it was me," and he seemed like he was gunning for you. He was. He was gunning for everybody, but unfortunately I got cops on TV. So basically I got in the ring after the fight. I went over to his dad. Like I don't know his dad. He comes to all the fights. Normally we have a big cuddle and he says thank you. Do you have a relationship with no, his dad? No. Okay. Only other than when he wins, we cuddle and he says thank you. I went over, he was talking about the referee, he was talking to other people as well about the early stoppage, what he felt. Then he started talking about the house that AJ was in. Uh, what was his issue about the house he was that in? Some were in a hotel, he was in a house. AJ likes to be in a house. He hates being in hotels. And that the job of the management part of his company will take care of all that for him. He was in a beautiful house, you know. But this was an emotional time for his dad. So he said about the house, the chef. And at that point, I just said, look, Let's talk after. So I went, slipped round the back. He started talking to Frank Smith. You didn't see that part, I think, on TV. Um, had a little pop at him as well. And then when I went round the back, he came over and he went, oh, you know, started, started again. And Josh just said, Dad, it's me. It's on me. Like, it's, it's me. I lost. No one else's fault. 
that was all that was said. And then, you know, after People that, saying that he wanted Joshua pulled out that fight before Andy. Listen, he doesn't, again, you know, like, I wish sometimes you'd speak up. He's not I'm in camp. You what yeah, but you know, he's not, he's not in camp, is he? No. he? He wouldn't know what happened in the changing room before the fight, what happened in the camp at all. He didn't want AJ pulled out of the fight. All night, I was walking past his dad. Can we step here? That music. Yeah. Oh, go down there, go down there. Yeah? Um, yeah, yeah. We're talking to the next door. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. Um, his dad didn't. His dad didn't know about the camp. His dad didn't know about the dressing room before, it, and it was nothing to do with it. It was just he was really emotional and he was having a go at five or six people in the ring. Unfortunately for me, I was bang on TV and I don't know why he did that. Uh, he, he said he was unhappy with the house, with the setup of the house, with a referee, with a whole load of stuff. But again, you know, this whole, going back to this whole rumor, John Fury, who doesn't have a Twitter account, posted, it's a parody account, uh, AJ's dad said that AJ had a panic attack in the dressing room and that's why he had a go at Eddie Hearn, blah, blah, blah. A, a website posted that story. Next thing, it's everywhere. And I'm, I'm asking questions, I'm answering questions going, like, I was with him. And then even Dazone were like, you know, you walked out with AJ. You don't normally walk out of AJ. Anyone knows an AJ fight, I walk out of him every single fight. And I would love to tell you that there was a problem. There wasn't. We, we were edgy, you know, he changed his groin garden, it was a little bit of a rush, but it wasn't, you know, so, basically... Have you spoke to his dad since? No, no, I will do this week. Right. But I don't really, you know, we, we don't talk, like, ever. Um, and it was a bit of a shock, and at the time, you know, I said on Chris Mannix's interview the other day, I was looking at him thinking, he might chin me now. Like, it was one of those things where he was about to chin me. And I was thinking, let's just talk after. Because I didn't want that kind of situation in the ring. Um, back in the changing room, it started with a few other team members with him, and Frank as well, Smith, because he was upset. Like, he'd just seen his son lose. You know what he's like, he's an animated character. Like, when he wins, we're all dancing in the ring, and obviously when he lost, he was trying to fight, he was trying to search for that reason why. Um, so, yeah. After the fight, you said straight away in your design interview that we're definitely going to do the rematch. When Joshua was asked straight away in that post-fight press conference, his first response was, well, you know who I really want. Yeah. Was his mentality straight after that was, let's see what our options are, as opposed to, no, I want to get in the rematch straight away. that Joshua should never have gone to that post-fight interview. Okay, he was concussed from the third round. Why did he go? Because he wanted to go. In fact, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I did the interview, as you know, Andy Ruiz. Yeah. I said, look, let me go and check on Joshua. I went down to the changing room. The doctor said, look, he should probably not go to the, the presser. So I went, okay. And he said to me, do you think I should go to the presser? And I went, it's up to you. How do you feel? He said, I feel absolutely fine. I said, we phoned uh, Winkle. He said, half the press have gone. And he went, I shouldn't really like avoid it. So I was like, no, if you feel okay, I think you should go. So he went up there. There was like half the press left. He gave a great interview. Uh, he, he, he didn't really know what he was thinking. He wants to fight Deontay Wilder. 
Do you understand that? Is that's, that who that's we were yes. suggesting? Okay, just so we knew yeah, that anyway. Want, okay. He's wanted Wilder for so long. He still wants Wilder to this day. But obviously now things are calmed down. He appreciates the biggest fight in boxing is Wilder against uh, sorry Joshua against Ruiz, and that's the fight he needs to get his belts back. So that's the only fight he wants now. Um, let, let, let me ask you a question: If this fight hypothetically wasn't a well title fight and, it, and the same thing had happened so say there was no belts on the line okay just run with me here yeah, okay and that had happened would you be jumping straight into a rematch if there was no world titles on to, the to line to be honest that's all irrelevant it's more about the contractual situation like we can't like in an ideal world maybe AJ should have a warm up fight maybe but it's always response to warm-ups after the, at that post-fight press conference. It's just, no, no, I don't but, do warm-ups. But, but maybe, like, a lot of people are going, oh, I think maybe you should have another fight first, get the confidence back. But with the world title situation, with a unified championship, with the mandatories, it doesn't work like that. It's now or never. But that conversation was never had with AJ. The next conversation was on Monday night when I went around the house and I said, look, we have a situation where we had to activate a rematch clause. So what are you thinking? One million percent, like easy. Of course, now I spoke to Rob McCracken. Rob McCracken is a very conservative, defensive guy. Like he don't take many chances. He went Ed. The re of course, he will beat him in the rematch. So then it was a no-brainer for me. You know, this is the fight he wants. And you know, he FaceTime me this morning. He's in the gym. This has completely changed his mindset about his career. And when I talked about, no one knows. Like before every fight. Parker, Takam, Povetkin, Ruiz. Oh, what's happening next? When are you fighting this guy? This is the first time we go into a fight. Nothing no one, else yeah. matters apart from winning this fight. This is epic. This is everything. So all the focus now is on a rematch with Andy Ruiz. In the rematch clause, is the kind of split? No split. But no. Right. I'm not going to talk about the contractual situation of rematch. All I'll say is that when you make a voluntary defence of a title with someone with the uh, profile and draw of Anthony Joshua, all of these things that people are discussing at the moment are taken care of, okay? So, so are we saying he wants 50 million? Yeah. Okay. But, no, but can you... No, because I can't... I don't want to talk about the contract. All I know is that if you've got a brain, you know how the boxing world operates. But okay. has he got a right to ask for that at this stage? Again, what he I'm wants? not going to go into that. If you have a brain, <laughs> you will know the answer to that question. Okay? The rematch position for Ruiz is he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to be in a fight that he's just won. So he will think he'll win again. And by the way, if he wins that fight, good luck, son. You've cracked it. You're the biggest star in world boxing. So... You know that's that's the situation of that. Does he ever say where it where it takes place? All we've got to do is let them know the date and the venue of the rematch. Does that's our obligation. Does he ever say where the play, fight takes place? Again, if you know the sport of boxing, why can't you answer that? Because I'm not going to talk about the uh, the clauses within the agreement. But if you know the sport of boxing, you will know that a champion who offers a voluntary defence to a fighter, you will know his rights. Could he make it awkward about the rematch happening? Anyone can make anything awkward, but does he have a con uh, uh, contractual obligation where his next fight is a rematch? Absolutely. And, and we've already had conversations with his team. That that's the next fight. It's not you know 
or we could slip out of it and you know, it would get extremely messy. That's not anyone's intention. He wants to keep fighting. And again, you know, it's not, I see a lot of people, oh, Ruiz calls the shots now. It's like, okay, look, just understand. AJ just chose Ruiz, right? Okay, I'll give you the fight. You've got to know how the business works. He will be respected, he will earn a lot of money, and if he wins, he's absolutely cracked it even further. It's our job now to let them know the date and the venue for the rematch, and that's what we're working on at the moment. You've said, obviously, this week, Rick Joshua said to you that he wants to come back there. Yeah. Yeah, again, people have jumped all over those quotes. Like, all I said was, AJ said, do you think it would make, be a big statement if I came back and put it, put the wrong right at MSG. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, like from a, a, a marketing fairy tale perspective, yeah, absolutely. But you have to win this fight and you're at a much bigger advantage if this fight's in the UK. He said, yeah, I know, but to like exercise the demons, shouldn't it be MSG? So, again, that was the first time that conversation was mentioned, and I said, for me, the fight should be in the UK. You came to the UK, the US, Andy Ruiz's country, to take this fight. It doesn't make you a bad person having a rematch in the UK. But he's the kind of sick individual who's so competitive that I think in his mind, he's thinking, to put it right there would be a statement that people would never forget. What's the likely chances it happens back here in New York? Is it unlikely, would you say? Well, I, originally I thought yes, but having that conversation with him yesterday, there is a chance it might be in America. But if it it wouldn't even be in America, it would be there. It ha if it happens in America, it, it has would be, to happen because that's there, yeah? the whole point of his conversation. Yeah. You know, he, he said that I almost feel like it's wrong to do it in the UK. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, but he beat me fair and square, so shouldn't I put it right there? And again, it is the most incredible mindset. Like, but it makes I'm, sense. Absolutely makes sense. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Of course, it does. What makes sense is to do the fight in your home country to try and win the fight. That's what makes sense. We can see what makes a great from. story is doing it in there. But if he's that confident, then it would be like to beat him where it went wrong would just be incredible. Is White Hart Lane an option? There are discussions for White Hart Lane, Wembley. Wembley is an option, yeah. And Cardiff. And Cardiff. So they, they're the three options for the UK. And if you had a gut feeling, would you say it ends up in Cardiff? No, I think AJ likes the Wembley fight. Obviously, he's had a lot of good nights there. But in November, the weather is not the best, potentially. But does that suit us more? Yeah. Ed. I don't know how Andy Ruiz likes it in the rain. Ed, if Joshua doesn't win this fight, does he retire? I think no. I mean, a lot of people jump. I mean, he's had 23 fights, okay? He had 40 amateur fights. If he loses this fight, he would have lost to one individual in his career. Should he retire? I don't think so. But it's, you know, when you're sitting there with, I don't know, like 10 digits in the bank, and it's like, or nine digits in the bank. It's like, how much do you want it? What I've seen from him this week is someone that is so driven to win. You know, it's not about how, what 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 uh, venue generates the most money. And he's even said to me, you know, it's become 
my whole career has now almost become like commercial deals. What's the biggest gate? What generates the most money? Rather than taking away from the beauty of the sport of competition. And he wants to go back to that. And this rematch is just about sport, it's about winning. Rather than which venue generates the most money or what. I don't even think, you know, that's been, that, that, that's how sport becomes when you're at the top. And people talk about, it's also Wilder's comments, old Matram put him under so much pressure. Mate, when you're the biggest star in the sport and you're selling millions of pay-per-views, you're making tens of millions of dollars. Of course there's pressure, especially when you're so inexperienced like AJ. But now I just feel like he's got that chip back on his shoulder. You know, he's almost like that bad man when he started his career. You know, remember? When he's fighting like a sprot, you come out in a spring, string vest like, and I, I want him to get that back, and he's got that back. And that's how he beats Andy Ruiz. There was a suggestion in that fight that he gave up in the fight, that he quit in the fight. Uh, firstly, he was completely concussed. He didn't know where he was. He got up four times. Like, what more do you want from a man? If you watch the stoppage back, he gets up, the ref goes like this, right? He went back to the ropes, he put his hands on the ropes. The reason his hands are on the ropes is he can't stand up. His legs are gone. And the ref says, do you want to continue? He says, yes. He said, are you ready to fight? Yes. It's just that he didn't walk forward and go like this. He would have gone all night. Joshua's got the biggest heart, mate, of anyone you could imagine. Do you feel it was the right stoppage? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's what I said to his dad. You know, um, and I didn't want him you know, he, he, he might have got knocked out in that fight. He can't believe he went four rounds in the condition he was in. He couldn't stand up. So, but you have to respect Andy Ruiz. Stop looking for excuses for Anthony Joshua. He's not making any. Again, he wouldn't. I would. I'd tell you everyone under the sun. There are none. Respect Ruiz. He won the fight. Now we've got to go and beat him. What was your, uh, what do you take on kind of the responses from, from Wilder and Fury on the night and then since? Well, Fury's gone like backwards, you know, he, he gave him a lovely tweet, then he abused him. You know, at the end of the day, you know, what I've realised in life is if you start worrying about what other people think, you might as well give up. Because it doesn't matter if you're me, you, Fury, Wilder. If you listen to the negative comments of people that have nothing in their life, how are you even going to be motivated to even go to work? You know? But like, Wilder, this, like, Wilder's probably he's not sitting there thinking this is a good situation. Wow. Wilder's like, oh, I told you Joshua was useless. It's like, hang on. You would have earned free. Like, it doesn't make sense, does it? If he's useless, why didn't you fight him? So, again, look. The world is such a negative place. I mean, I've realised this week. Like, I've read a lot of social media this week. It's like, I must admit, it was just. But like, what were you going to expect anyway? We, we had this interview actually before, before the fight where you said that. I expect people, people to back. I expect people to back good people. That's what I expect. Okay. If you're a member of the British Empire and one of our own who gives it everything, who tries so hard in his profession gets beaten I respect you I expect you to back him not slag him off not put him down not stick the boot in why do people forget you forget me like, I don't give a fuck about us why do people want to celebrate failure 
but you've been talking about this for years, like the British mentality, as you call it. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. But about now, it comes when you're into at the effect. top, where people. No, yeah. but now, like. Uh, so why are you surprised? No, I know, but it just it depresses me that we've got such a great country, and it's like, why don't you just back good people? Like, get behind this guy now. He's hurting, right? He's never done anything wrong, has he? Like, what has AJ ever done to you, to hurt you? He's, he's kept himself to himself, he's represented our country, he's been the best individual he can be, he's given his heart and soul to the sport of boxing, right? And now he gets beat. On what, what other country would anyone else go, you're down there, son, we will bring you back, we're all behind you, go and get your belts back. I just don't understand it, but you know, we go round and round in these conversations. Do, do you accept that people want Joshua to lose because of you? Probably. But that's even sad. But that is the truth, isn't it? No, people not, knock not, on a fix. Not. Of course it is. It's like a whole matchroom thing, isn't it? They want you to yeah, fail. That's a small community. It's still a when, community. When you, when you look at AJ's fan base, like, and that, the, the wider fan base will support him. But if you want matchroom to fail so you, now you're not backing Joshua, you need to get out more. You really do. Like, and, and look, I'll take abuse all day long. That's what I do, 24-7. And it, now I'll say it doesn't affect me. It ain't the best, but it is what it is. But, you know, it's a bit like Katie Taylor. Do you think Taylor won that fight? I thought it was a draw. But again, like, she doesn't control, like, Coop, what does Katie Taylor, what is her life dedicated to? The sport. The sport of boxing. Do you think she can, controls the scores on a, on from three independent judges. It was a very close fight. A lot of people thought Pesumi. Some people thought it was a draw. A few people thought Taylor won. But she's just given her life to try and be undisputed champion. And now you want to hold it against her. <laughs> I just don't. Will you rematch them? I think it's a, it's a must. She wants a rematch. But now when I say, oh, you lost that. It's like she tweets, oh, great turnout last night in. You lost that fight and you know it's like, oh mate, calm down. She's just fighting. It's crazy, it's hey, a crazy mindset. Can I ask you about Bob Arum obviously coming out some comments this week that Wilder Fury 2 seems to be in sign and also a view to a third fight. What's kind of the impact of that towards the, the heavyweight landscape? It's not allowed because there's going to be a serious legal position for Dillian White if that's the case. Because Dillian White is fighting Oscar Rivas. That's for the interim world title, and with has that been confirmed? The interim title has, yeah, and the mandatory position. But we want it next, and there will be a serious situation. So that's been confirmed. Sorry, when did this happen? So the offer from the WBC yeah. is for the interim world title and a mandatory position. It's when that mandatory occurs, and there will be serious issues if that mandatory is not when we want that mandatory to be. Okay, so what what are you doing about this situation? For it's ongoing. It's ongoing. But that fight is going to definitely be for Which the interim, White and yes, Rivas, yeah. and well, for that. Providing we accept the resolution, that's the offer right now. But we've already moved on our position, and Deontay Wilder must fight Dillian White. So I say to the people out there, keep supporting Dillian White, and the fact that he has been number one for 580 days, and he still isn't mandatory, and we've got to make sure he gets what he deserves. Two more quick questions. I know you've got shit to do. When do you expect to be in a position to announce the rematch? In the next two weeks. By the end of the right month? Right now, we're just taking in all the offers from around the world. 
to stage this fight. I mean, and it's shocked me, like, everybody wants it. Who's offered? I mean, five different countries. Okay. Was it ever considered there'd be any other option than to rematch him? Like, did you talk about potentially taking another fight with him? No. Because of the contractual situation, like, and the belts, and, you know, this is it. This is this is the time, and, and you know, I, I admit, you know, maybe from an ideal perspective, maybe you would have a warm-up fight. It's not happening. This is it. Shit or bust. And you're not going to have any problems with any of the mandatories? Spoke to them all? It doesn't matter if we do. Why? Because then the belt gets dropped. Oh, really? But everybody wants every belt preserved. Ruiz is just one. He does, you know, he's allowed a man. He's allowed a voluntary, and that voluntary will be Anthony Joshua. Okay. All right. You're drunk and you've done this interview. I'm not Brilliant. Drunk. I've only had two margaritas, but it is my 40th birthday. If I was drunk, you'd know about it, son. Yeah, not quite the present you wanted, but let's see. Eddie Ham, thank you very much for talking to our TV. Mm. Oh, really? Coming inside? Or? Yeah, 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 we're going inside, yeah. Right. Go on. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.